You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Whether you're a big-hearted creative or an aspiring entrepreneur, let's take action on your dreams. Reconnecting you with your why and giving you the how. I'm here to dish out actionable mindset tips and fun industry secrets to help you blow up your biz. From eye-opening reality checks to motivational gold, no two episodes are ever the same. So tune in weekly, skip the FOMO, and let's dive into the deep together. Hey, welcome back to the show. So you're listening to Jai and this is episode 169. And today I'm talking to Becca Cannon. She's an amazing wedding photographer from Las Vegas. And uh, we're talking about scouting locations for wedding photography, which is a very niche thing. But um, I think it's a really important conversation to have. And I know a lot of my listeners are wedding photographers. Hey, if you're not a wedding photographer, then this episode's probably not for you. And you can go back to some of my other more entrepreneurial episodes. But today I'm excited to talk about a little bit of, about photography because I guess I never really talk about it. And um, Becca was the perfect person to sort of bounce off. So again, I'm super excited because I know there's some valuable tips that you're really going to be able to pull away from today's episode. Hey, so this week we've had the six-figure business map open. We did the launch. It's been insane. There's been so much work going on and uh, it's been a lot of fun onboarding hundreds of people to the six-figure business map, meeting new people. We're having an in-person party coming up in a couple of days as well for all the crew in Melbourne, which which is so cool. Get to meet people from an online coaching program to, you know, in real life. And um yeah, it's unreal. So if you do want to check it out, uh, doors are open for a couple of more days before the price rises. Just go to sixfigurebusinessmap.com. Link is below. You'll be able to check that out. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. Hey, we have Becca Cannon here from Becca Cannon Photography. She's located in Las Vegas and she's recently pivoted and changed towards elopements. So she shot a lot of weddings, but now she's getting more into elopements. And I've got her on the show today so we can talk about location scouting, whether you're location scouting for your wedding or for an elopement or for any type of shoot or even a personal brand shoot. I think um, that's an important thing to think about as well because many of us are entrepreneurs and do many different things. And it's good to um, really think about and plan out where we're going to actually do these cool shoots. So, hey, Becca, how are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Good. I'm really excited you're on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. So today, let's just start a little bit with um, who you are and how you made your break. All right. So yeah. So my name is Becca and I've been a photographer for a while now. I kind of got into it accidentally when I was pretty young. So it's one of those things I picked up a camera and just fell in love with it and took off with it literally through college. And once I graduated college, I didn't even want to jump into a full-time job. I just wanted to pursue photography full-time. So Honestly, I always kind of think of it as a miracle that I am where I am today. It's just so many little things had to come into place for, you know, for the business to get rolling. And I jumped into it not knowing anything and didn't do a lot of investing in my business. So I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. But I think in the end, I think I just really kind of gotten just such a good grasp on how to function the business really well. It's been years and years and years of practice. And so that's a little bit about how I got into the business. So 
So I'm living in Las Vegas, married, have a dog. Like it's a brand new um, field for me, just diving into like elopements right now. And so that's been really fun. Just getting to explore, especially like a new city. You know, I grew up and lived in the East for so long and now I'm like in Las Vegas. So it's all new to me. So I feel like location scouting is like one of those things that I love to do. And so, yeah, so we can, (laughs) so yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So now that you're sort of pivoting more into elopements and stuff, can we just have a bit of a chat about like what you're looking for? First of all, let's start with like, what is location scouting as a good place? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So location scouting for me is finding, so your couples are coming after you, right? For like your expertise. So like they trust you with literally everything that has to do with either their elopement or the photo shoot or whatever it might be. And so having locations under your belt that you can, that you know, really well, you know how to navigate it, you know, about the permit systems, that there are some, you know, you know, the lighting and how the lighting affects the, the location. There's so much into locations that I think are really important to just like educate yourself on and to know, you know, have those under your belt. So you, you can be confident in, you know, giving your couples direction and where to go. And so location scouting is, yeah, really, honestly, it's, it, it is what it is. It's just going out and exploring and finding those spots that you can really give your couple good experience with. There's a lot of the obvious locations like national parks and things like that. But for me, you know, diving into a new city like Las Vegas, it is so new. It's so different. So far from anything I'm used to. So honestly, one of the first things that I do when I get to a new city and I've moved a couple of times now is I go out and honestly drive around and just explore. It's just simply putting on your hiking boots and going out and, and going exploring. And so I have a couple of different ways how I do that and how I navigate that, but it's just, to me, I feel the most comfortable. I feel like I cannot dive into a new market until I am familiar with the area. And so I don't want to just like mooch off of like other photographers and just like, Hey, where did, where's the spot? Where's the spot? You know, like I really want to put into the work and I want to go see these places for myself before I do a shoot or do an elopement. It's, I just do not feel comfortable showing up and just seeing it for the first time, you know, on the shoot. Like, I feel like I need to go, I need to scout it out. I need to figure out what trails to go down, you know, how long the hikes might be like where the the sun is going to rise or set, depending on what type of session we're doing. So it's really kind of navigating all those little things that you can honestly just give your couples like the best experience possible instead of just showing up and being like, Oh, like, I'm not really sure where to go or where to park or like, you know, like what the, where this trail goes, but you know, so I don't, I hate to kind of figure out all those things in the moment, like with a couple, it just, you know, location scouting ahead of time, even if you've heard of it or seen photos of it, just going to check it out, you know, ahead of time is super beneficial. And that goes for even like, you know, if you're showing up to a venue for the first time, getting there early, like scouting it out and scouting out the spots, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what it is to me. I don't know. That's a little bit of a long explanation. No, that's really good. So when you do go and explore and you're doing some urban exploring or you're going down to a national park or something, do you bring your camera and sort of frame things up? I actually don't because I, um, for me, like I am already such an outdoorsy person. I love being outside. I love going on a hike. I honestly just, it's just usually me and my dog. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, yeah, I, I don't really look at anything through a viewfinder. I honestly just like to soak it in just myself mm-hmm. because personally, I just love just the experience of being outside. So I kind of take advantage of it and it's like a hike and an adventure for me all at once. It's, it never feels like a job. So, uh, sometimes when I have my cameras with me, it feels more like a job. Totally. 
yeah, like I don't want to have to take those with me everywhere. So I want nature for me to, to be really enjoyable in the personal way too. So I just think it's amazing that location scouting can be part of my job so I can go out and hike and explore and just, yeah, experience, experience nature without the camera. Do you ever use your, your phone just to take a few photos? And, um, so you can remember spots that you've Yes. Yeah. So I do that. And, and, um, so a lot of times, you know, couples will ask me if I have photos of, um, like even galleries, if I've shot in certain places before. And so if I haven't like actually done a photo shoot and I don't have any, you know, photos to give them that's examples of, um, what this location could look like. That's a a really good thing that to go and like take photos on your phone, just show them, Oh, Hey, like this is the location that that's at least something you can give them, which has been really helpful. So I'll go, I'll take photos photos and videos and show like different parts of the trails and things like that. And that's been really, really helpful for a lot of my couples. That's really cool. When you're walking along, do you use anything like Google maps to sort of drop pins and um, save locations as you're walking? Yeah. So I use actually, so I use Google maps before I get there. And what I do is like, if I'm sitting at home, like I'll use Google maps and see where like, like all the trails or if I can find like lakes or sand dunes or just like something fun like that. But then I'll also pull out, like I use the all trails app. I don't know if you use that app or if you've heard of it, no, but all Okay. So all trails is usually for like hikers, pretty much anybody who just like is looking for a hike or a trail, you know? So, but I use it for that reason, but also for the reason of like location scouting, it's honestly perfect because people will post photos all along the trail. So you can kind of go to the app. Yeah. And like, you can see how long the trail is, if it's a loop, if it's an out and back, you know, photos along the trail, like it literally kind of gives you everything that you can think of. So I'll go to the trail, you know, and like, I can start my navigation, like, and it kind of tells me, okay, this is how long it took me, you know, this is how long, how long the trail was, you know, so it kind of gives you like some good information. Like I'm really into like couples who are, who are also adventurous, like they're willing to go on a hike. So I would like to tell them like, if it's only a one mile hike or if it is a five mile hike, you know, like to really see how, you know, how far they actually want to go. Um, so that app is amazing. And so, yeah. And I highly recommend it. You, you know, if you have the pro version, you can like use it offline. So anywhere where you might lose service or something, you can still be using the app and you won't get lost. What, what was that app called? All trails. So yeah, I'll put it a link underneath the, um, in the show notes, if you're listening and you want to check that out. One thing I do when I'm shooting weddings, cause I don't shoot too many elopements. I shoot like more so like bigger weddings. And one thing I do is I just use Google maps, but before I go somewhere, I will make a, a new folder inside Google maps in the app itself. And then what I do is I will name all the locations. So for instance, like if the bride that I'm shooting is named Sarah, I'll say Sarah's house where she's getting ready. And then the other partner where they're getting ready, then the ceremony location and all those things. So then that way, when I jump in my car and I'm sort of frantically running to the one location to the next, I can just say, Hey Siri, Sarah's house. And then you know, then I'll be able to get there. And I also just check how long it's going to take before I go and everything. I think that's just like a really good idea to have a map and actually pre-pin all the locations and pre-check all the locations. And I've heard horror stories before. There's actually this location in Melbourne. So it's a wedding venue called the Butter Factory. And then there's another place called the Buttery. And um, I remember, and they're about an hour apart. And I remember a wedding photographer accidentally just like put in the wrong one and went an hour out of town and missed the ceremony. And I think about that all the time. So I'm always like, oh, I'm going to double check it, check it on my phone, check it on my computer before I even leave the house. So I know it's the right place. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. Yeah. So that takes me back to, because I have been doing weddings for five years now, probably before we moved to Vegas and we, yeah, the the same type of thing, you know, when there's so many different locations, it could be Airbnbs or if they're getting ready at like a salon or if the ceremony and receptions at two different locations, like there's so many addresses. Mm. Yeah. And always kind of, I'm one of those people too, where I, I make sure I'm over-prepared for all that kind of stuff. And like, I would be, I think if I was that person who totally went an hour out of the way, I would be devastated. So I think, yeah, I would always kind of check all the, I would, yeah, I would look up all the addresses, map them all out, see how long it would take, because I actually do that with my couple, or I I used to do that with my couples ahead of time too, because whenever we were creating the timelines for the day, because I would always call my couples, we'd talk about the timelines and we would take that in consideration. Like, Hey, how long is a drive from, you know, point A to point B to point C, like that's going to factor into a lot of like the coverage throughout the day. And so kind of preparing them for that ahead of time, just saying, Hey, we need to make sure we have plenty of wiggle room because it takes time getting people in the car and then like driving there and getting out of the car, you know, like it's just all this extra thing that takes time. So like, yeah, making sure we have all those addresses and locations right now. Yeah. And mapping that out ahead of time is a really good idea. Yes. When you are looking ahead of time, do you check the weather much? And do you check um, the time of sunrise and sunset and all those type of things? Absolutely. Yeah. I am always, when I used to live in Tennessee, it would rain a lot. It would probably be like 50, 50%. Like you you never know if it's going to be rain or shine. So I was constantly checking weather ahead of time. And then, yeah, definitely the sunrise sunset. Like whenever, again, like whenever we kind of go through creating timelines for weddings, like that's the one thing I'd be like, okay, like what time's your ceremony? Okay. What time's the sunset? Like what, you know, how are we going to frame all this? So I would definitely, you know, for the weddings and, and I still do that today with photo shoots, the number one, the first thing I do before I tell them what time to meet me is I check what time the sun sets because it changes a little bit every day. And so that way we can kind of, you know, plan from there and figure out what time we need to meet up. Yeah, that's really cool. When you are scouting, because we, we'll move on to a few different things, but when you, when you are scouting and you're going for a walk with your dog and cruising around, like what are you actually looking for? Oh, that's a good question. So I think really I'm looking for the perfect spot that's really giving me like a lot of just good scenery where the lighting is going to be in the most ideal spot. So like if I'm doing sunset shoots, I love that great golden hour that can, the sun can be kind of setting behind us a little bit while we're also looking at some amazing scenery or whatever it might be, instead of, you know, if we had, if it was turned in the other direction, all we see is like flat you know, like there's just nothing to look at, but like maybe the sun's hitting us more harsh. Like that's not the most ideal. We could definitely be creative and work with it. But I think for me, I like, am always looking to see, okay, where's the sun setting? You know, where's this trail going to go? How is it going to turn? And then I think I'm also kind of looking for just trail conditions. Like, is this going to be hard for somebody to walk in? You know, is it going to be super muddy or is it going to be, is there like a lot of bugs or like snakes or is this like really tall grass like that we have to walk through? So I think, you know, there have been some trails that didn't warn me and we'd end up walking through like a riverbed. And so it's kind of like, okay, where did this come from? You know? So it's like, if you don't really check that ahead of time, you might get stuck. You might not get to go as far as you thought you did, especially living out East where there was all these rivers and lakes that would rise really high, you know, during the rainy seasons, there would be trails that were totally washed out. So it's kind of like you might, you might've been through a trail before, 
but then, you know, just kind of knowing that those things happen, like, you know, like those trails could be washed out during certain times of the year. So yeah, I think it's always just really good to know kind of like what the conditions are and like what you're talking about earlier, like the weather and like that kind of thing. So, but no, I'm also just like looking for anything like different and unique too. Like I like to switch things up. I don't like to just go to the same place every single time. So I'm just looking for anything that can give me like creative, uh, like a creative outlet, it's like anything that's a little bit different, but of course out here, I'm not used to anything. That's like, I'm not used to the desert. I'm used to living in more of like a wetland. So like, it's very desert vibes out here, which I'm loving it. So it's all new to me right now. So right now I'm just having fun, like with how new everything. Is. Yeah. I think like when I'm scouting, it's so interesting because you can find so many locations in one spot and it comes down to so many different things. And things that I really think about is I think about how I'm going to edit the image and using my, like my preset. And I'm sure you do the same, but things that I think about is like, what tones am I looking for in this photo? So what tree would I stand next to? Do I want the brown tree? Do I want the bright green tree? And or like what type of grass? Do I want the green grass? Do I want the brown grass? Do I want the desert? Um, and because in one location, you can always find different things and you can always crop things to make it work as well. So yeah, I think tones for me is one of the most important things. Like you're saying light, like I like light and I like shadows and where are the shadows going to be? Um, so then I know if I'm going to do like a black and white photo and it's backlit or I'm going to do a color image. And what else do I think about when I'm looking around? I think that, that's definitely the main things. Yeah. I'm going to say when I, yeah, living in Tennessee, everything was green. Like everything is green. It is so hard to escape. Um, because like you have all these lush trees and the grass and the, but like you cannot escape green in Tennessee. And I remember anytime I would go scout a location, I would look for anything that was just different or even just like a wide mm. open field where I didn't have to be so bombarded with green because like you were saying, you kind of think about how like you edit it. So like everyone's skin tones turned yellow because of the green reflections and the light. Like it was, it's hard to edit some of that stuff. So yeah, I think, yeah, kind of like along those lines. Yeah. Like thinking about, okay, like where can I go? That's like where I can escape a little bit of the green. So we don't have like these crazy yellow skin tones or like that kind of thing. So that was probably the most difficult thing living there. And then something I love now about living in the desert, I don't have that issue anymore. So, um, yeah, so it's interesting that you brought that up. Well, I think also another one that we I look for is like distractions because um, sometimes people want to get photographed in a laneway where it's like tons of graffiti, but the graffiti, like it looks good standing alone, but then it really does distract from the pose or the, or the images that I'm trying to create. Or another example, just to go to your point was um, I wanted to shoot, it was just so my couple wanted to shoot this photo along this massive pink wall. And so the light was like bouncing off the pink wall, but it was like casting like really magenta skin tones. And so you know, if you're not a photographer, the pink wall looks fantastic. But as you're a photographer, you're kind of looking around going like, I know it looks fantastic, but we need to shoot it in a different way. So then that way you're still standing out from the image and everything doesn't just look magenta in the photo. So yeah, there's always like, you know, distractions, tones, um, contrast as well. So how much contrast you're going to have between different colors or different types of lighting layers is another thing to think about. And um, yeah, so there are things I, I look for. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Cause that made me think of at receptions, which I don't know, tell me if you've ever experienced this, but a lot of DJs will bring their own lighting, which is usually totally, totally fine. But then they'll throw in like these pink and green and blue, but it like, so all night, all I'm seeing when I'm doing these dancing, like reception photos is like bright 
neon colored skin tones. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, I've never had anyone complain about it, but I feel like personally, it just always bugged me when it was just everyone's skin tones were totally off. It was very, very hard to edit. And so it's kind of like, it is what it is, you know, like these DJs brought their colored lights and it was fun. It was a party, but yeah, it's just like really hard to edit for sure. Yeah. So when you're sort of cruising around, how long do you like to scout before the actual event, before the wedding, before the elopement? So when we moved to Vegas, it was very sudden. Like we were not planning to move here. It happened out of nowhere. And so because of that, I had really no plans and like, and I really didn't mark it out here. I really didn't have anything booked out here when we moved out here. So I like immediately just kind of jumped in and wanted to location scout. So I knew if I was going to get bookings, if I was going to get inquiries like weddings or whatever it might be, like I was able to be ready and prepared like, Oh, Hey, these are the spots that I want to go shoot instead of, you know, waiting for the booking and, and being like, Oh, like maybe now I should go do this. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of depends. Like when I got here, I started location scouting immediately. It just makes me feel more comfortable. Like I know Mm. that I'm getting really familiar with the area. I just, know where I am. I can kind of like visualize where everything is, but then, you know, if I'm getting reached out by a couple and they want to shoot in a specific spot that I've never been to, like, um, I've been to Zion, but let's say somebody wanted to go shoot at Zion national park. I would definitely make sure like I would go at some point before the day just to go look at it, experience it, you know, go through like the park entrance, like drive around. It doesn't have to be like, a few days, it could be like months. Before, I don't know. It could just like literally just be any time before I go. And I think the couple really appreciates that too. Cause if they've never been, you know, again, sending them photos, even if it's iPhone photos or videos of like where we're going to shoot, they really appreciate that. So I don't really have a set time. It really doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to me when I do it. I just know that I need to do it to feel better and like more comfortable and less anxious as long as it's any time. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah, cool. Because I remember you were talking about like seasons and stuff. So um, yeah, I was just wondering like if you sort of try and aim for the same season and aim for like approximately around about the same time. Do you like Google anything before an event to see how things work? Like for example, and I've been unstuck. Well, I learned this actually years and years ago. I always Google events on the date. So for example, if I'm shooting a wedding in the city, often they're like, yeah, we want to have our photos at the park across, um, across town or something. And I'll Google and just check. And there's like a marathon going on in town and they've closed down half the town, which triples the drive time to the park. And so lucky I've actually been like aware of those things beforehand. I'll be able to navigate them to a different park or think about something else. But I know a lot of people get stuck because they don't even think about that one thing. Do you have any hacks like that? Yeah, no, I have never thought of doing that, which is so funny that I've never actually even experienced that in like all the the years that I've been shooting weddings. Cause I was shooting weddings in the same city for five years and I've never really run into that. So that's a really, that's a really good idea to definitely start doing that and just know where, yeah, when those events are going to happen. Cause yeah, I I think maybe at this point, I probably just like lucky that it has never really happened to me, but no, yeah, that's the good one. (laughs) Well, like one thing in Melbourne, um, Melbourne, Australia, where I am, AFL football is like huge in football season. And so on Saturdays, Saturday night in particular, 
Um, they have like, you know, stadiums right in the middle of the city where it's 80,000 people and everyone rolls in. But when you know that's happening, if you're going from the ceremony location to the reception location, and if it goes anywhere near the middle of the city or like where the stadium is, you know, you can almost add an extra hour on. And I've been stuck in that hour before. And so I always make sure I let them know like, hey, just to let you know, you're going to have to add on at least another 45 minutes between, you know, ceremony and, and reception because, not only myself, but all your guests are going to get stuck uh, trying to get travel between the two locations. So like, yeah. just like having that as a tick off thing is really important, I think. Absolutely. Like, I think that honestly, just with you saying that is such a good idea because I think so many photographers don't realize how like those little extra steps, just like going the extra mile, being prepared and organized in that way. is like a huge help to your couples just so that they're like aware. And just so you're prepared, you know, even when you're talking about like looking at the addresses and like Googling, like how long is it going to take to get from point A to point B? And like, yeah, knowing when events are going to happen is so big. And like that client experience and just like knowing, you know, when like just navigating around and like knowing when those things are going to happen. So I love that you said that I'm surprised I never have that run into that issue, but that's a really good tip though. I'm going to have to start doing that. <laughs> um, I actually got another um, big tip on scouting is, um, and a lot of like, this is one that just no one ever thinks about, but this is more destination weddings, but quality of light. And if you've never really shot weddings in different countries and stuff, um, a lot of us wouldn't know what I'm talking about, but quality of light, for example, when the air is really clean, and if it's a really nice place, the quality of light is a lot harsher and there's a lot more contrast. But if you go somewhere like Los Angeles, they, they call it golden light because there's so much smog over the city that it actually like dampens the light and makes it really soft and really nice to shoot. So no matter if you're shooting in full day sun, it always actually looks beautiful on camera. Or if you're shooting in New York City, a lot of the times, you know, we don't realize that if you're in Manhattan or something, it, there's a lot of skyscrapers. So you're going to probably not find a lot of sunlight and it's going to be like very shady. If you're shooting in Australia where there's no ozone layer, it's going to be very contrasty, very bright. If you're shooting in Italy, like, or if you're going to, you know, so to, just wherever you're going, like if you can reach out to like a local photographer and, and uh, even have a chat to them or take photos the day before. Um, quality of light, I have found being so dramatically different in every country. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, because I've never really experienced that to that extent of like hopping to different countries or anything like that. But we did, we have had a lot of forest fires, which is terrible, but we've had a lot of forest fires out here and the smoke from that, I can tell a huge difference when even like if the, if the fires are in California, even out in like Colorado, you like see the smoke come in and like I've shot midday during those times. And it was honestly some of the best lighting I've ever had because it was just so soft, you know? So that's really funny that you brought that up. Cause I've never even thought that of that necessarily with like, yeah, it's like city smog and like that kind of stuff really preventing like the quality of light. So yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. I've never really went out purposely to like look for that. So, you know, yeah. a lot of people don't. And so what's interesting is like, if you sell presets and you're in Los Angeles and then all your photos look amazing, but then if someone in Australia buys those presets and expects the same, it's not actually the preset, it's the light. So a lot of the times, like the presets, it's like crafted for that light and the extra yellow skin tones from the golden light that California can give. But then if you go to somewhere like Tasmania, Australia, where it's like the cleanest air in the world, like it's going to be cast very blue and it's going to be very strong. And so the preset just doesn't look the same. So I think a lot of people get disappointed when they apply their preset, but they're in a different country and they don't realize the actual reason why. UV, UV light and, and all those rays of light are completely different. 
man, you're like going into like this whole like deeper level of like lighting and photography. That is amazing. <laughs> like something like I've never even thought that much about. So yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. I feel like I could go on about presets too, you know, with, cause I, again, used to live out in the East where it's very green and out here it's very red. So it's like, totally. the edits can look so different depending on where in the world you live. So yeah, it's just really interesting. And, and then again, adding that layer of like the light, you know, just the way the light looks and like the, the lighting that you're using, even if it's shot at the same time of day. Yeah. You could yeah. have like softer light or harsher light. That's so interesting. Yeah. I love that you, I love that you like, like have thought of these things. You're, you're like a whole it's nother, like, nother level. Well, I thought of these things because of, you know, I've been shooting for 10 years in like in so many countries. So it's literally something that I'm like, man, no one ever talks about this, but this is literally, so like with other like destination photographers, um, like a lot of us talk about that because it is just so different, but you're yeah. right. Like, you know, shooting a wedding and a good example of this, I remember shooting, you know, probably back in 2015, a wedding in Arches National Park where it's all red and then the light reflects off, you know, red light up, which is going to be very, very different compared to going to Colorado where it's all green and you've got the green cast coming up, which is going to be very different if you're on the beach in California where it's, you know, sand or something um, like whatever, or just concrete. Yeah. So your presets are going to look completely different all the time. Exactly. I had to like completely change the way I edit when I moved. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was really editing for all those green trees and yellow skin tones. And now I'm like, now it's like the exact opposite. Red. <laughs> red. Yes. So it's funny how that happens, but yeah, the expectation of people, yeah. When people do use your presets, they think like, you know, oh, this is going to work for my photos. One click, you know, it's going to be great. And it's not, it's almost never the case that way. Cause it's just the way people shoot and the lighting and um, the surroundings, the surroundings honestly make such a huge difference difference too. And like what's in your background, what colors are in your background, you know, and like, what is, is this going to look like? So yeah, no, that I'm going to have to start thinking more of the, of the lighting in that way though. But I feel like here in Vegas, though, we do get days where it's, um, you can tell like it's, it, it gets really windy here. And then there are days where it's super still. So like those windy days are like a lot foggier, you know, like there's mm -hmm. a lot more smog because it's windy and it's blowing up all the, the dust actually. It's probably not smog. It's just like all the dirt and dust. It's just blowing yeah, it in the air. The so like it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, the lighting's a lot softer. So I always have to pay attention on those really windy days, which is another thing to consider, <laughs> you know, mm. whenever your location scouting is like the wind. So anyways, the, those are the days where it can, the lighting is a lot different. And I've, yeah, I've noticed a huge contrast because we've never experienced anything like that in the East. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Different locations can really have a different effect on your images. Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit more about time? Because um, we, we touched on it before, but I just want to know, like when you're going to a location or you're thinking about like going for a location and one way that I, I do it, so like if I was going for a walk, I would time how long it takes to go for a walk and then how long I can stop at each location. But do you think about timing and how much does that actually come into pre-planning and how much do you actually communicate that with your clients to set those expectations? For example, if they said like, we want half an hour portrait shoots, but you've already scouted, you know, it takes just 45 minutes just to do the walk and you need to get some photos as well. So yeah, tell us a little bit about how you approach time. Yeah. So I am so chill when it comes to time. So like, let's just say somebody's booked. Um, I usually do like one hour sessions. I say an hour, but again, like I'm not picky. <laughs> so let's say we do an hour session. Like if it takes 30 minutes to do the hike, like I'm not going to count that towards like the one hour that we're supposed to be taking photos, if that makes sense. So yeah. So if we're going to go on like a two mile, like there are some hikes out here to get to some amazing viewpoints, but they're like a mile and a half hike, you know, so that's going to take a little while right there. And so then we're still going to do the hour shoot. So I 
definitely take in consideration, like, cause that's the majority of the sessions I do. There is some hiking involved. And so, um, so yeah, I definitely like, that's what another reason why location scouting mm-hmm. is really, really essential for the type of photography I do. Cause it's like, I want to make sure I know exactly how much time it's going to take to get out there, to get to these spots from the parking lot, or even like, how long is it going to take to park and then, you know, walk down or walk up. And you also have to consider like, I probably hike a little faster because I've got hiking shoes on. Like, what if she has like, what if, you know, the girl has heels on, which I usually don't recommend to them, but like, let's just say they do like, it could take them a little bit longer to get to the spot. So just kind of allowing for that time. And, and I fully communicate and ask, um, in advance, you know, how much hiking are you willing to do? You know, are you willing to do a hike to this viewpoint, um, is this important to you or, you know, cause I really keep them involved with the location. I think that's probably why mm-hmm. it's super important for me too. Cause I just want to make sure they are up for it and like they're up for the hike or they're up for the adventure, or if they want something that's within, you know, a quarter mile of the parking lot, then perfect. Or if they're willing to adventure out a little bit further, then I've got some spots up my sleeve. So I definitely take all that into consideration and, and walk that through with my couple and even kind of tell them like, this is how much uphill we'll have, or this is how much downhill we'll have, just so they know like how strenuous it, it is. Um, I, I like to tell my couples, it's kind of like a little workout, um, and a photo shoot all in one. And so my couples tend to sweat a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, too, like we're all, in, we're all pretty sweaty by the end of the session, which is, you know, to me, I, I consider that a really good session. So a lot of fun. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. When your client says, hey, we only want half an hour's worth of photos or we only want 15 minutes worth of photos, do you, A, ask them to change the time, reconsider because you found some great locations or B, do you reconsider your locations and make it work in their time frame? So I actually don't even offer sessions that are like less than an hour, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, if a couple were to ask for a shorter session, like I have had couples tell me they only need 30 minutes. They don't necessarily need an hour. I guess I probably do kind of take in consideration of the time it just takes in general to drive out to wherever we're going, right? Like it's going to take 30 minutes or however long to drive to the spot, you know, and then hike a little bit. So it's just unrealistic to kind of put in all that work just for 15, 20, 30 minutes. And so I actually don't even really offer mini sessions or smaller sessions like that. Uh, and I, and I kind of explain it to my couples too. Like, um, I really, you know, I recommend this and I, and I do it this way because, you know, it takes so much time to kind of go to this great links just to do 15 minutes of photos. It's kind of like not worth it. And it really wouldn't be worth my time or their time in my opinion. So I think the longer we have just like an, at least an hour, the more, more we can actually even like bond and, and connect and then actually get some good photos. Cause I'm not really in this business just to kind of take quick photos, deliver them, like be done. Like I'm really kind of a relational person. Like I want to build this connection, like, and really get good interaction between them, photograph it. And I can only really do that with so much time. So it's like, you know, offering those really short sessions. It's just, I I think I'm just like, if that's kind of what the couple needs, I don't think I'm their photographer. I I can redirect them, you know? So that's actually really important to me. So, but I would, you know, if, if we were doing like a smaller session like that, I would definitely 
find a spot that was, I would change the location. Like if, if they, if it, for some reason we were just doing like a really short session or whatever it might be, I'd probably find a location that's really close to a parking lot, you know, which there's plenty out here. We could pull off the side of the road anywhere and it's beautiful out here and make it super simple and easy and not go to like really big, great links to, I think, you know, to, to get to like a really cool spot or anything. It sounds like, you know, they probably just need a few photos for something <laughs> if they only need 15 or 20 minutes of pictures. So I probably wouldn't go to like super great links to like go on like a crazy hike, you know, in that case. Yeah. It's a really good point of like just knowing who your perfect client is and setting those expectations. Like for myself, I shoot a lot of weddings where they only just want 15 minutes of portraits and that's it. So it's a big wedding, but then they just want only a few portraits, which is totally fine for me. And I love that because I shoot a lot of like millionaires. So, be, you know, millionaires in Melbourne or New York and Sydney, Sydney or wherever. And um, they usually CEOs or they um, got like a big company or something. And so they'll be like, Jai, we want, we're, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And we want about 15 minutes with the photos. Like, what can you do in that time? And then for me, I'm like, yeah, no problem. You can give me five minutes and I'll make it happen for you. So like the first thing is I, I know the pressure of, I've got to deliver it. Like I've done portrait sessions for five minutes for millionaires before. And I'm, so I know the pressure, right? So one of the things is it means I've got to create the relationship before I start doing the portraits, really connect there, get them really comfortable. So by the time I'm taking portraits, I can make some jokes with them, get them really happy, get them really relaxed, get those photos. And for me, I've had to learn to do it quick in any location because of that reason, like those expectations. But again, I let my clients know straight away. It's like, hey, we can spend two hours if you want to, and we can go to 10 locations. No problem. We can spend 10 minutes if you want to. You're going to get great photos either way. It depends on what you want and what the priority is at your wedding. Because a lot of a lot of people just like, man, I just want to have the huge party. Take more photos of my guests. That's fine. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's that's um really cool perspective. Cause I think for me, it's like almost like yeah, kind of like how I was explaining a little bit different on what ideally like what like what I'm in it for too, you know. So um finding those couples who are kind of willing to spend that extra time with me, maybe it's just like a selfish thing on my end. I'm like, I just want to hang out, you know, and like uh on weddings, I totally understand you have that time crunch at weddings, which is like a huge reason why, you know, it's really good to kind of get that comfortability ahead of time for an actual wedding. Like that is a really big deal. And uh like I love to be able to just like tell my couple, like, yeah, we can just do 10 minutes. We can get all the photos we need, like kind of move on. And we don't have to spend a lot of time on it if they don't want to. Um, mm. But yeah, for, for like any kind of adventurous shoot where we, we have the time, you know, we have the time and totally to kind of spend it's together. Awesome. And yeah. And so I think that's kind of where I'm just like really vibing with that. And just like wanted to take five minutes ahead of the session and just like get to know them a little bit and just chat and, and kind of, it's kind of like, I turn it into like a little bit of a hangout session or like a little date, a date night for them, you know, totally third wheeling and just making it really fun for them and not, uh, and trying not to just like, okay, let's just knock these out really quick and then be done kind of a thing. So I don't know. I think, yeah, it's all about, yeah, the type of session it is. I think weddings are so different from elopements and like photo shoots. So that time crunch is definitely real <laughs> on a wedding it day. Is real. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, tell me the tension between what's your vision and what's your client's vision? Because I know for myself, like throughout the years, like my clients will be like, I really like, we were about at a beautiful venue and I, and I hate vineyards, right? I just, I just do don't show, show them anywhere. I just think they're really boring. I don't know. And, um, 
so like for me, like I will make sure I let them know, like, I know we're going to a, a winery, but I'd love to do some, some different stuff that everyone else hasn't done. And I'd love to skip the actual vineyards. Like, so I would say that before I even book them and they're like, yeah, that's exactly why we're coming to you, Jai, not the traditional stuff. I'm like, sweet. So set those expectations. So for you, like how much are you influenced by what your clients want and compared to what you actually want to create? Yeah, I love that. I, so I, I do just out of kind of obligation, ask my couples, like what, what is your vision for your wedding? Um, what is your vision for your photos? You know, do you have anything specific that you definitely want to capture? Because I like to, I like them to feel like they're involved and they have a say in it, but ultimately in the end, I will definitely kind of tell them, Hey, like, this is what I think, because, um, kind of how you hate vineyards. Like I hate barns. (laughs) We (laughs) shot at so many barns in Tennessee. It was And so, so even good. though the couple wasn't really necessarily into the barn venue that they just had their venue at a barn, you know, so they weren't necessarily all gung ho about like getting their photos in the barn. So it's kind of like they were leaving it up to me and my vision, which was great. So, um, I don't, I don't normally take a, a time to do a huge conversation about it ahead of time. It's one of those things where on the wedding day, it's like, okay, let's go take some photos. And I, and I just like, you know, is there any specific spot you want to take photos? Cause if not, like I've got a whole, a whole list of ideas. Like I could, I could go off and be creative right now, but I just like to make sure I am capturing a little bit of what they want and what they envision. So I definitely don't take full hundred percent rain from them. Like I want them to get what they want, but I also want that creativity too. So I will definitely please whatever they're asking me to do and like whatever their vision is, but then I'm also going to throw in my own spice and creativity and like take them somewhere where I thought was really cool or just try something a little bit different or, Hey, there's like this really cool, like spot over here that no one's ever used, you know, or whatever. Like I'm going to take you guys over here. Let's just take like 30 seconds and get a few, a few shots of this. And like, I've all of my couples have been so down and so chill. And so I think that's like a huge part of it. Like when you're attracting those clients who just totally trust you and like totally trust your creativity, most of them like don't care. You know, most of them are like, you know what you, you do you, you're the photographer, like you can be as creative as you want. And so, yeah, so it's been, it's been very few people who have been extremely picky and like really precise on what their vision is. And so in that case, I would definitely let them take more of the rain. I would still throw in some of my creativity, but it's, it's definitely kind of like, you have to feel what the vibe is with them. You have to kind of like, figure out, Hey, like how, how picky are you? Or are you going to like, kind of like, let me do my thing. So yeah, just, it depends, but I definitely try to throw in my own creativity when I can, for sure. What is the biggest mistake you've made when scouting locations? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest mistake I've made when scouting locations is probably not scouting locations, you know, mm-hmm. like early on in my photography um, career, I would just show up to the venue or to to the site. And also like, I think I would, and I would always put it on my couples like, Hey, like you pick the location, just tell me where to meet you. You know, like I would always Mm. be like, I'll just go wherever you want to go, but like nothing's in your control. Right. Yeah. Like I, I would hand off control to the couple at all the time when I was first starting out. And I think that's probably a huge difference between people that just start out and someone that's more professional. And then the ones that are like charge, you know, a lot more money, the more control you got, the more you can charge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I, I started learning that. Like I, though, even, cause even when it came to like posing, like, right. Like mm. I would, I, a couple would show up to the session and I would be like, okay, what poses do you want to do? You know? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, like, I wouldn't know what, how to pose them. And I expected them to come with a Pinterest board of pose ideas, you know? And mm-hmm. like, 
and they would tell, and you know, I just asked them and it would be the most awkward sessions because they didn't know. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing. Like, um, you know, early on, I would just never locations guy. I didn't know any of the areas. Um, and I even actually refused to shoot at some spots because I just wasn't familiar with it. And so I was like, no, I don't want to shoot there because I've never been there. But it's like, that's, that's on me. That's not on them. You know? So I think the mistakes are just like, just not putting in the work to just go and you take, take the time to go see it and go experience it. And, you know, so that's probably, yeah. When it comes to location scouting specifically, I, I have some cringy, <laughs> cringy moments, not being in control, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I actually, I've got uh, the big, one of the biggest mistakes I've made of my career is from location scouting. Can I share it with you? No way. Yes, please. <laughs> So in my first year back in 2013, I shot like eight weddings for free around the US to sort of like get my portfolio going and I was just hustling. And um, I uh, booked this absolute dream wedding. Like you wouldn't even believe this wedding. It was on a gorge in New Mexico and it's just like beautiful, like green desert and then like wildflowers everywhere and rainbows and like the the mountains in the background, like beautiful place. And um, so two mistakes that I made. One mistake is... Um, because I was shooting it for free and I was trying to save money. They were like, you don't need to hire a car. Like my sister can drive you around. And so that was mistake number one. Cause now I was stuck and I couldn't really scout when family members were like running around trying to, you know, organize this wedding. So I was a bit of a burden on them. So huge mistake. Number one, being out of control, not having my own car, not being able to scout. Number two, biggest mistake of my career is allowing my clients to scout. Like never let your clients scout. They don't know photography. They don't know what they're looking at, right? So on the drive to this wedding, I was looking at the window. I was like, oh my God, we could stop anywhere and I'm going to have portfolio photos, like incredible. Like I'm looking left, I'm looking right, I'm looking straight ahead. I'm looking at the road. I'm like, we can literally, it doesn't even matter. So I was so complacent that I was thinking, no matter what we do, we're good. You know, we're going to get crazy photos. Anyway, they're like, Jai, we've got this bridge that we want to go to and you're going to love it. And I'm like, all right, bridge. Yeah, I can work with the bridge. And like, yeah, it's sort of on the highway, but it's all good. Um, there's these great locations and you'll be able to walk around this bridge and, and get some cool photos. I'm like, okay, cool. So um, we get in the car afterwards. I didn't know how far away the bridge was uh, and I, everything was out of my control. I didn't know where the bridge was or what it looked like. I'd never seen it. So we start driving and we've got an hour for portraits. Anyway, it takes us about 40 minutes to get to this bridge. And on the way to the bridge, I'm looking at the window at the best locations I've ever seen. And I'm like, this bridge better be worth it. And then they start stressing because they're like, oh my God, it's already taking 40 minutes. We've got to start going back soon. Maybe we won't even get photos. We'll just stop at the bridge and we'll get some photos. So I'm watching like sun. I'm like, um, there's like rainbows. There's like, you know, sun showers and stuff. And I'm like, we can stop here. And they're like, no, no, the bridge, the bridge. Get to the bridge. I get out. This bridge is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It's literally just a highway bridge. And and then there's like big fences. You can't walk around the bridge. There's so many cars on the bridge. There is nothing you can do with this bridge. And I'm like, I'm shooting this wedding for free for my portfolio. I'm standing on this bridge and I'm like, what is happening right now? I take a couple of photos, which I honestly would never show anyone because they're standing on the full path of a bridge, right? It's the ugliest photos I've ever taken. We hop back in the car and I'm like, on the way back, can we just stop on the side of the road somewhere? And they're like, no. We're so stressed. We're already 20 minutes late to our own reception. Like we can't do anything. So they were just stressed, stressed, stressed. So for the rest, I'm sitting in the back of the car, looking at the window 
looking at the opportunities going past me and I'm like, I can't believe I let them go to the bridge. If we didn't go anywhere and we just shot an hour's worth of portraits at the ceremony location, I would have had the best portfolio on the planet. Right. So big mistake. Number one, never let your clients scout locations. I've never let them do it ever since then. Even if they go, Oh, Joe, I got this great location. I'm like, that's great. If I don't go there first, we ain't going there. That's a great motto. That's a great story. Cause it is so true. Like, yeah, especially with, you know, not knowing how far away it was, oh, no. you know, if it was closer so you could have realized how oh, this is going to get really crappy bridge so you could actually shoot somewhere else. But the fact that it took you like an hour to get there. Yeah. That's yep. rough. Okay. Oh, we'll yeah. give number two tip as well. Number two tip. Don't allow your clients to pick lots of locations. And when they do alarm bells go off. And for me, it's, that's how it's been for me. Cause for me, I can stay in one location and I can get a million photos cause I'm good with like posing, changing angles, changing camera, like, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I can make things work. But one thing I'm bad at is, is navigating stress when someone's trying to stress to get to the next location and they don't even stop to get nice photos because they're stressing about how many more locations they can fit into this one session. So they want to go beach, they want to go city, they want to go mountains, they want to stop here, they want to stop there. And so for me, I've always been like, we could do that, but you will be stressed, guaranteed, because we have to drive and we have to go to lots of locations. We have to park the car lots of times. We have to walk lots of times. If you give me two locations max, I'm going to be able to get you relaxed, get you comfortable and you're going to walk away feeling comfortable and and looking so much better in every photo. Yeah, I, I feel like that's something uh, couples don't realize is that it's not necessarily about the surroundings either, no, right? Not like at all. The photo, yeah, the photos <laughs> are about them, and you could get an entire gallery. It's not about bridges. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you go. Like I could, yeah. Like, oh, I mean, maybe the bridge. Yeah. But what the point is like, yeah, the couple doesn't really realize that like you, you could spend an hour with them. It's literally on the side of the road in a field, get some incredible photos mm-hmm. and nobody, you know, nobody would really even know the difference if that was like on the side of the road or what, you know? So just the fact that, yeah, couples think it's all about their surroundings or like what's in the photo or like, yeah, the mountains and streams and the waterfalls, which are all great and will make great photos, but the focus of the photos are on them. So yeah, yeah. So don't, yeah, I like that. Don't, don't let the location <laughs> stress you out. Hey, um, I'll give one last um tip for weddings, like bigger weddings, and I'll, and I'll get you to give us one last tip for elopements because they are very different. So one thing with location scouting for myself personally, I don't do too much location scouting for portraits. And the main reason being is because I always disappoint myself. The weather's different. The sun looks different. The locations look different. And then I get stuck and hung up on this one photo I wanted to create. And I forget to like take photos of what's in front of me, which is like a lot of the times I would have got better photos if I just allowed that to happen. But the one thing I do scout, if I've never been there is parking. If I'm shooting and I shoot a lot of city weddings, right? Like if I'm shooting in New York or in Sydney or something, I'm going to a, a new uh, a new church, a new venue, a new whatever. And I've never been there before. Man, I go there just to drive past to see how where I can park, how long it will take me to walk from that parking space to where I need to be for the ceremony, for the reception, for the portraits. And if I can't park somewhere, do I need to get an Uber? So I think about those things and I literally will like drop pin all my parking locations And so that way I know, like if I'm getting photos of the couple getting ready and then the ceremony's in 20 minutes, 
I know it takes me 15 minutes to walk to the spot and then it takes me 20 minutes to drive to the location. So then I know I need to leave, you know, like 40 minutes beforehand so I can get there and, and not be stressed. One thing I definitely learned when I first started is I didn't even think about that. And then I blamed other people by going like, I couldn't find a park when it was completely my fault. I should have drove around the day before. And if you can, and I've done this, especially more high-end weddings where you're shooting bright in the city and it's a hotel or something, you can prepay for parking. And I've even prepaid for valet parking at hotels and stuff. So that way I can park my car, like just leave it there and run in, get the photos or shoot the um, ceremony or the reception or something. And, and that extra money that I spent was worthwhile not being stressed and walking around looking for a damn park. Absolutely. That is, yeah, that's a great one. Cause I have like, normally I'm just shooting out in the desert or out in nature or whatever, like, and, but even still, like I would, I would location scout for the parking lots then too, just so I know what I'm looking at, but moving to Vegas or moving to any city, like we lived in Denver before this, like, you know, the cities honestly would stress me out because I just, I didn't grow up in a big city. I, I grew up in a really small town. So those big cities were honestly like the parking would make me the most anxious. And I literally do everything I can to make myself feel less stressed and like more comfortable going into a shoot, like an elopement, a wedding, like, or even a photo shoot. So yeah, I've actually done that a lot too. And then moving to Vegas again, like there, the strip is very, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on there's like a million parking lots so just kind of like learning like the different hotels that everybody stays i mean this is like a destination capital here especially for weddings and so everyone's staying on the strip or i'm picking up people from the strip you know and so it's that was like one of the biggest things when we moved here was i need to go down there and just park and like every single parking lot like walk up and down the strip like really get to know it like familiarize myself it's a great with the idea area. like literally yeah. in my city in melbourne i know every park and how long it takes to walk to any venue from any park because yeah. that's like the one thing that would stress me out so much mm-hmm. um and i think just anything to make make me more mentally prepared for my couple and not like stressing myself out and like being frazzled when I meet with them or if I happen to be a few minutes late, which I am like one of those people, I cannot be late. If I'm even like a minute late, if I'm, if I'm not 10 minutes early, I feel like I'm late, you know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's like, so I think parking is like one of those things. It's so time consuming. So knowing, yeah, exactly. Knowing where you're going to go, knowing where you're going to park is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. I like that. Um, do you have a big tip? One more tip for location scouting for an elopement. I actually, so I touched on this like a tad bit. So elopements, one of the biggest thing about elopements is like permits. So like, Mm -hmm. so like the locations you have to have permits. And I think a lot of couples don't know this. They don't realize like, oh, we're just going to go like say our vows in this park over here. Like uh, we we need a permit. So that's actually a huge, huge, huge thing that I think um, I'm familiarizing myself with more because as I'm jumping into more elopements, I'm running into this issue more. And I've found so many places, like so many parks do have more better organizations skills about getting the permits, but just kind of familiarizing yourself with knowing how to get the permits, going through that permit process, reaching out to your local parks, that kind of thing. Um, I think is really important because I think I've heard too many horror stories of park park rangers catching up with you. Um, it's just, it can be awkward. It can be embarrassing. (laughs) I've heard some of them making them delete the photos, um, on site, you know, like stuff like that. I've never run into any issues, but I also have always been getting my permits because I'm paranoid about it, mm-hmm. you know? So that's like a really huge thing. Um, making sure you've got your permits to go shoot at different spots, um, or even finding the spots that don't require permits. I think, you know, if you don't want to have to mess with the permit process, just like, you know, 
find those spots, find those trails, find those places that are just kind of free range, you know, and like you can, you can go and hang out and not have to worry about it, not to stress about it. So for elopement specifically, I wouldn't even say that that is as big of a deal as, um, as far as like smaller shoots, I think smaller shoots in a lot of places, you stopped our permit, but for getting married, for having any type of wedding totally. there. That's something that I have definitely run into that a lot of photographers, either they don't realize it, they don't, they might not realize they need a permit or they are educated on it. They're just not doing it. And so, you know, there's just this, um, yeah, you've got to kind of just like check in on it and make sure you're just doing it the right way. I there's, you know, I don't like to cut corners. So <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. Just kind of keeping it real, but I think location scanners keep in mind if you need to get a permit or not. Yeah, I'm always keeping that in mind when when checking my trails and figuring out which parks I'm going to go to. So, love that. I've actually got a story that's going to give you some anxiety if you want to hear it. Oh no! <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I actually shot a wedding. It was like it's a big wedding in the in the city, and there was in the park. And then I told the couple like, "Oh, you're going to need to get a permit for here. You can't just get married." And then they said that they don't want to get a permit. And um, when the police come, they want me to photograph the whole thing and how it all works. And I was like, "Are you sure?" And they're like, yeah, yeah. So they put on this wedding. It wasn't just a ceremony. It was also a reception, right? So it had food trucks come in. They had like DJs, big speakers. They had all this stuff. And then about 200 people came down. Wedding all starts. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I don't know why you just didn't get a permit. Anyway, sure enough, police all came down. Like shit hit the fan basically. And uh, I photographed the whole thing and it was wild. Then they all they packed up and went back to their house and just had a big house party. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> going to happen. They even they were prepared <laughs> for it. And that's awesome. Like take photos. I bet I bet those photos are so amazing. Like Yeah, the uh, the coverage is really really funny because the whole day was like they they kind of knew stuff was going to happen and, and they just like sort of let everything happen and um that's yeah, like it was, it was very then. Yeah. As long, you know, to me, it's like, as long as they're aware of like, oh, totally. it's not my fault. I'm just, I'm exactly. just along for the ride. I'm a journalist now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like fun for you at that point. So yeah, <laughs> so I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like, Hey, as long as you know this, like, you know, yeah. and if we get caught or whatever, like it's kind of, you know, <laughs> my hands are clean, you know about it. It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be awkward, but that's incredible. I've never had that happen, but I secretly <laughs> hope it does. That'd be amazing. <laughs> hey, I'll give just one time. I hate giving too many tips. I feel like I'm taking over the interview, but I'm just thinking about the listener right now. I'll give one small little tip that's helped me out in, in something that you touched on for reception lighting. You were talking about like sometimes the DJ brings lighting and sometimes we don't know what kind of flash to bring and stuff. So one thing that I've done, especially if I'm shooting a wedding that's close to my home, not a destination wedding, or it's close to, to the city or something is I will location scouts the actual venue the night before or the day before. So I'll email them in advance and say, Hey, tomorrow I'm just um, going to drive past. I want to park my car, see how long it takes to walk down there. When I get down there, I'll come up and I'll meet you and say hello. And so what I do is actually bring all my lighting gear in my car. And then when I go, I have a look at what kind of lighting that I need. So if I need like, you know, back panel LED lights, do I need a flash? Can I bounce flash? Like, do I need light stands? Do I like whatever I need? Right. But a lot of the times on a wedding day, I'm stressed and I've got to, and I can't carry everything. So what I do is I go and have a look, what do I need and everything? And then I'll go back to the car and I'll actually go and drop everything off. So then on the wedding day, like I can like drop my car off and then I can just still just carry my cameras around. And I know the things that I need, the equipment that I need is already there and I can just pull it out as soon as I get there. Because a lot of the times there's not much time. Well, not for me anyway, when I go from ceremony and a lot of times I walk to the reception. So in a city it's like ceremony and then portraits and then straight into like they're walking in 
um, to the reception. There's not much time for me to like go back to my car and get all my equipment and stuff. So it's been something that's really helped me. And also it's so, I guess it like reduces my anxiety because I already know the lighting conditions that are going to be happening ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so, so a little bit more about me actually. So my husband is a videographer and we have been doing this business for the last, like, you know, five years together, he would be doing the wedding films. Like I'd be doing the photography. So he has kind of, I've never had to have any kind of external like lighting because he always Mm -hmm. brings it for video. So I automatically always have it, which is great, but that's That's actually something, yeah, that's actually something that, um, we eventually, you know, early on, we just never had second shooters or help or anything quickly we realized help is great. So we, we eventually had started hiring like second shooters for photo and video. But besides that though, like we would, we decide, cause I mean, yeah, when you arrive to a wedding, you have all this equipment you're trying to carry around, trying to set it up. Like you don't have a lot of time, especially if you're going to multiple locations. So we'd honestly, yeah, like we'd get to the venue even sometimes like an hour early, just so we know that like we're there, we're on time. We can set stuff up. We can bring stuff inside. Um, because to me, it's not like, okay, if they, if they got like eight hours of coverage, I'm not just going to show up at 12. If my coverage starts at 12 and like then set up and then get ready and then take 30 minutes to like prepare ourselves and load our gear. And like, also we had a whole car full of equipment. We would have to haul in, you know? So in our heads, it's kind of like, you know what, let's just get there early. We're not doing anything else today. <laughs> we're this, this wedding is the only thing we're doing today. So like, we didn't really care if we got there an hour early, you know, it's not like it was mm-hmm. wasting our time. Like we would rather over-prepare, make sure we got there on time, was able to unload our equipment, whatever it might be, just to give us peace of mind, knowing that like, we're not going to be stressed going into this day or feel like we're behind schedule or feel like we're having to rush anybody just because like, we haven't gotten our stuff together, you know? So that's something that like, I even tell photographers like, Hey, like just be early. Like there's no, like there's no reason why you can't be early (laughs) just so that you can like set up and prepare yourself. So yeah. So as far as like the lighting goes, yeah, it's funny. Like I, I, well, now that I don't really even shoot weddings anymore, it's not as big of a deal, but because my husband always had, you know, like all the the lighting equipment, I never had to really worry about that. So yeah. Cause people would ask me, how do you shoot receptions? And I would tell them the flashes I use, but then I would totally forget. Oh, my husband has like four light stands and like all these lights and like mm-hmm. so it's like everything's already kind of like well lit so I never really had to like worry about it but um but yeah that's a really good yeah just like getting there early going the day before dropping off gear like it's it's that extra step it's like going that extra step just to be more prepared and more organized like having things in your control hey yeah exactly so I think that's just like keeping that in mind especially if you're just starting out as a photographer like kind of not really knowing how to take control or how to take charge. It's just kind of like, just, just do it. Just take the extra step, you know, like it's, it's a good thing to be extra prepared or like more. Yeah. Prepared. And I think one thing, like I always teach is like, you, you have to be in control of everything one, but also you got to take responsibility because too many people go like, Oh, the lighting was bad. And that's why I like, or the parking was too far away or the couple didn't want to do this, or I was in the wrong location or, uh, oh, there was a marathon on and I, and I didn't think about it. And I was like, you know, everything is your fault. Like you are the professional photographer. You're paid to be professional. Imagine going to a doctor and they're like, sorry, yeah, we didn't do the best job because um, one of your organs was in the way or something. It's like, well, why didn't you know that? Like, you know, right. so it's like, you've, you've got to like take control of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had um, people work for me before who, we're late to like the client meetings and they were like my clients, you know, or like they say like, something stupid, like, Oh, it was traffic. Exactly. Yeah, no exactly. shit. There's always traffic on a road. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think that's like, 
the things that I get, can get all hyped up about because uh, so many things that make a bad photographer has nothing to do with actual photography. It's everything else. It's like all the, all the common sense stuff that it, it's not hard to check traffic. You know, it's not hard to open Google maps and like, look up how long does it take to get to this place? You know, it's not hard to in the morning before the wedding, even checking traffic, you never know on a weekend, you know, exactly. Totally. If there's like an event so going on and you don't, and you don't realize it, if there's traffic, we'll leave an extra 30 minutes or even an hour early just so you can get through it. And I think that's saved us, honestly, probably more than we realized because we are so mm-hmm. on top of it, just checking and checking. And like, literally, we probably check Google Maps like 10 times before we have to leave for a wedding because we just want to make sure a car accident didn't happen or like we're, we're, we're able to like rework it if we need to. But it's, yeah, it's just taking those extra steps that literally have nothing to do with photography or taking photos. It's just organizational preparation that, that gives you the extra push and like the extra professionalism and like control that the couple needs. They don't need to worry about any of that stuff. So they don't need to worry about any of that stuff is exactly right. And like the more that you do this, the more your clients don't even notice that you did that, you know, and the amount of times, like for instance, that there has been a crash on the highway or I've got completely lost, but I leave an hour early and I get there on time, which is actually like, it took an extra hour. And my clients are none the wiser, you know, that I just did all this extra stuff to get there in the exact exactly. moment. And then they're like, oh, right. you're on time. Of course I am. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, like, because we live right on the border of a, of a time change. And so I was supposed to go shoot this elopement mm. that was in Zion, which is, but it's an hour difference. So I'd already been planning on leaving early. And so I'm like in my car and I'm realizing like, it says it's only going to take two hours. But why is it like, why is it telling me like, it's, I'm going to get there like an hour later than I'm, or an hour, you know, like mm. I was just really confused about this time difference, but I'm like already heading there. I, I thought I was going to get there like an hour early. I ended up getting there exactly on time because 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 so of the good. time and I didn't think about the time change that's another thing if you live close to like a, a time change like that which we actually when we lived in Tennessee also lived right on the border of a time change so thinking of that I've had again people who work for me who are supposed to be at weddings on the other side of the time change who were either late or maybe just on time because they were trying to get there early and they didn't realize there was a time difference that's a huge thing to think about. Yeah. When you're, when you're jumping into stuff like that, it's all the little things that, yeah, can give you the extra, yeah. The extra professionalism. <laughs> hey, that's so good. Becca, thank you so much. There's so much takeaway tangible stuff from this episode. I know people are going to be scribbling down lots of notes. Um, I know you do have a course. I would love for you to tell us about your course. Yeah. So I have a posing course. It's called Connect and Capture. And I'm just extremely passionate about client experience, um, really capturing photos that have genuine reactions, genuine emotions from your couples. And so it's a whole course that walks you through the steps of how to connect better with your, with your couples ahead of time, you know, in order to get this level of comfortability with them. So in that they have with you and all about just like making them feel comfortable so that you are able to just get really fun and creative photos that they're just like all for, instead of going into a session, feeling awkward, like you feeling awkward or them feeling awkward Mm. or uncomfortable. And again, like kind of like we were just talking about, like knowing how to take control even at a photo session and not and not giving them the control because they have no idea what they're doing or and they have no idea what that looks like. So it just walks through all these steps of 
How can you like connect better with your clients? You know, how do you take control um, tips on like remembering poses? And then just like gives you all kinds of pose ideas. And then I also have probably like, I don't even know, 15, 20 videos of me, of me actually on shoots, you know, so you can see me live in action shooting and my whole process from like meeting a couple through the photo shoot and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so it's a pretty big course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's focused on. Sweet. I'll leave um, a link in the show notes underneath if anyone's interested. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, Could you tell us where we could find you on Instagram? Yeah. So my Instagram is Becca Cannon Photo and my website, BeccaCannon.com. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Becca Cannon Photo. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to say a big thank you on behalf of um, my community as well, because I know there's just so much tangible stuff here and everyone's going to appreciate you so much. No, thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun.